Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Right, so on this episode, we are joined by Victoria Bell, who's creative director of Pasha Entertainment, and has come on um, to talk about a new film that is going to be streaming from next month called Air of the Witch. Um, welcome along, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So after seeing the trailer and reading um, your statement as director about the film itself, um, absolutely fascinating. It is kind of thing we would talk about as a real life thing anyway. Uh, we, we cover the paranormal, we cover cryptids, aliens, everything under the paranormal banner. So when I started reading about how the film was inspired to, to be created, it definitely pricked my uh, interest. <laughs> so you've got a particular sort of strong link to the, like the story behind yeah film could you could you sort of explain like the origins how did you come about the storyline uh, and how did you start the process yes um well my the movie is called air of the witch and it was born and inspired from my direct connection with my grandmother my paternal grandmother was a witch and um she was the reason behind my nightmares from my childhood, but it also followed me all throughout my adulthood as well. Like I was all the way up until my second year of college when I still had this um, sensations that there is a different presence. There is a spirit that's a dark spirit that is present with me at times. And it was very different and unique. And um, I couldn't mistake it for anything else. And I knew it was there. And um, it was a long battle for me, a long battle to rebuke those spirits, to rebuke that energy, to tell it it's no longer welcome here and to uh, self-protect myself into um, disengaging with those spirits. Um, and that was, no, I, I, I kept it very hidden. It was my, my lifetime secret. And it was also a shame in my own family to admit that my grandmother was a witch. We no longer keep in touch with that side of the family, with my father's side. My parents did break up when I was a year and a half, and um, my grandmother took credit for that. She said that she separated the marriage, that she created so much um, anguish in my family that she did not want my mother to be part of the family. Um, so I tried my best to separate myself from that pain. I try my best to leave it behind, right? Like a wound, you're trying to cover it. You put all these band-aids. But then I, I realized that if I'm going to write a film, if I'm going to write a, a movie, I'm going to be, I'm going to put a flashlight, big flashlight directly on my wound. And I'm gonna talk where it hurts the most. I'm gonna talk about what I'm ashamed of. 
and my family was very much against it. My family was encouraging me not to talk about it, not to even show the connection between it. They just said, you know, just say that it's a fiction. It's all in your head. And, and I had to be honest because as a creator and as a writer and as a film director, we owe to our audience, our hearts and our honesty. If we don't show up fully honest and present in our art, then why are we even creating and putting everything on the line for a movie? So that's how Air the Witch was started. It created, um, it started from my own connection and fear. Um, but then of course I took the movie and the script on a, on a roller coaster ride and I brought in a lot of fiction in it because you have to, as a creator, as a writer, you have to um, bring a lot of elements that are supernatural and they're spooky and exciting. And there is a lot of in the movie that it it's relating to human kind and connection and, and human needs like Anna, Anna, the, the lead of the movie, she is going through such a intense agony and I'll, we all go through our own inner battles where we all fight our own inner demons. And I wanted to show that on the screen that Anna, she may be a good human, but she's still faced with challenging decisions. And what is she choosing? And her choices have consequences. I just want to take it back a little bit. Before we, there's a few things I want to build on from, from what you just said, but I want to take it back maybe a bit because uh, you're in the USA. Uh, but there's a definite European accent in there. I was wondering what's just interesting. What's, what's your background? Where, where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm originally from Republic of Moldova. It's right next to Ukraine, the tiny little country. Uh, we have great wine and beautiful women. And it's a beautiful little country. I left home when I was 18. Uh, sorry, yes, 18. I went to college in Romania. And then I came to the States at 21. And I called my home U.S. It's my home now. But I always have that strong and deep connection with Moldova. And that's where I brought that element of my folklore and my culture and my history into the writing. Um, because it's it's part of me. It's part of who I am. And I found a great um, healing in that process to be so honest and be so open with your um your intimate feelings and history and background. And it, it's it been a beautiful process to just come from the place of your heart and this, uh, this movie-making um, journey. But yeah, I'm originally from Republic of Moldova. Uh, I go there often. I go to visit my family. I just came back a couple weeks ago. Uh, some of my family lives in Germany, though, so I, I go often to Europe and... Um, yeah, I love it. I still, I still keep very close to my family. So, Europe um, has got quite a, a long history compared to, say, the United States, mm -hmm. and certainly in in Eastern Europe, and there, there's even more of a a deep history of paranormal um, witches, that kind of thing. So, you mentioned that your paternal grandmother was a witch. How how did you find that out? How what impact did that have? I know you you said it split split your parents up, and she took credit for that. But how do you find out that your grandmother's a witch? I've always known. So um, we, I grew up 
on my maternal grandmother's side. So we moved away from my paternal side. And growing up um, in this new village, um, I remember being told by my family, by people around me that my grandmother on my dad's side was a ferocious witch, how they would call her. She was powerful and she could create things. And and part of me was terrified. A part of me was curious, like, what do you mean a witch? What does she do? And, and I was always kind of shushed around it. There was always this topic. We don't talk about it. We don't, um, we, we don't mention it out there. And I was about five or six years old, maybe less, maybe more. I don't even know the exact time frame. But my sister um, took me to my uh, aunt to visit, which is, lives in the same village with my paternal grandmother. And I was there briefly. And my grandmother said, come to my house. I want to do a spell for protection for you because you're going back on the road. And I want to make sure that you have protection on your side. And I had no idea what could that be. And just very gullible and believing in the adults that's supposed to be taking care of you and be trustworthy. I went with her and she sat me, I can remember just now, she sat me in her living room. She gave me a chair. She sat me down and she put took this ball. There was a metal ball. And I don't know, I was just sitting there just thinking of my own little things as a little girl could. I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe just my road trip, my playtime. And then I, all of a sudden, I hear these whispers. And it, it was terrifying. The things she was saying that she takes the blood of animals to smear me and to do things to me. And may I act like a certain animal and may I show up as the spirits. And I was terrified. And I remember in my little mind of a child, I was thinking, Victorita, just don't listen to this. As long as you don't listen to it and don't let it penetrate your mind and your existence, it will not have an effect on you. And as much as I try, I close my eyes and I try to not listen to her and her whisper were like spearing through my head of the things she would say. So she then took this, um, she took, I don't know what it was because I couldn't see, but she took liquids and she poured it in that pan. It was like a metal pan and she poured liquids and then she poured like some uh, metals and different objects, different textures I could hear. And she started spinning it and she started doing things that were just, the not being able to see what she was doing there on top of my head, it was more horrific than probably what she was doing in fact. But just as a little child, I remember just wanting to run away. But that inability, just think about us as children when we're exposed in very unsafe environments. And as children not being able to actually speak up, we know something's wrong. But having that trust and looking up to the adults around you and saying, you know, I'm supposed to trust this person. I'm supposed to be safe here. But knowing you're not safe and I feel this deep anxiety and fear inside me that I had to leave but couldn't because she had this authority around me. And my sister walked in and when she saw what happened, she grabbed my hand and we left. And I never went back there. I never visited that side of the family. I never 
kept in touch with them. I don't talk. We don't keep in touch. We don't talk. Um, I wish everyone the best. I do not hold anything against them. And I don't want to put the whole side of the family in, you know, bad apple. Like I'm sure there are a lot of good people in that side of the family. We just don't keep in touch. And more so than anything, I, um, I found within me the compassion to understand and forgive my grandmother. Because for the longest time, I was trying to understand why would my grandmother, who I was the fruit of her family, why would she inflict pain into us and to us as a little child that I could have not done anything wronged her or done anything against her? Why would she want to inflict that pain and that fear? And I had to find the compassion to understand that when she probably inherited this curse or this gift that she accepted it, she was probably very young and she was facing some challenging times. Like this is the times where there was famine in my country, where we're talking about people eating our people, cannibalism being a matter of being a survival skill. People are afraid to leave their homes because they may not come back home. And wow. facing the war and facing extreme condition. So in that situation, what would a human do? They would, in desperate condition, they will go to desperate sources. And maybe that was her only way to survive that time frame. And maybe it was transferred to her from her excuse me, from her mother and she had no choice in it or maybe she chose it herself. I do not know the actual history behind it, but what I did find in myself, the ability to forgive her and release that pain. Because from what I'm understanding, uh, before she passed away, she had many years she was battling. She was on her deathbed and she could not die because she had to transmit, she had to share and give that curse, that gift to someone else in the family. And they had to be aware of it and accepted it. And nobody wanted to accept it. So she was, <laughs> so she was <laughs> asking, um, that journey of, of her soul separating from this earth and it couldn't leave until it was releasing that um, trap that was captured in and the dark spirits and until this day we do not know who she passed on that curse we do not know what happened we do know she did pass away eventually and i hope she's resting in peace and i hope she um yeah i hope she found peace in her soul ultimately so you mentioned obviously that's quite a <laughs> quite a dark sort of <laughs> part of your growing up and also your grandmother's life to sort of get to that that point like you mentioned through famine and and cannibalism which i i didn't realize that was um that was something that happened um so forgive my ignorance on all of that considering we've we're sort of european neighbors um do you think when she was um doing these these things to you with the liquids and the, the metal that she was maybe trying to induct you into her 
life, her spirit, to try and, and start initiating you to be the one who took over? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I hope not because <laughs> but who knows, probably because afterwards, like I mentioned, um, I felt that presence around me. And maybe if part of me was curious about it and would have accepted it, I don't know what would have happened. But I knew and I felt it deep into my body and my, and my heart that this is wrong. Mm. I do not want it around me. I do not want it in my life. And I do not want to have anything to do with it. And I um, rebuked it. I said, you're no longer welcome here. I am protected. I am highly protected. And I... I cleanse myself and my soul and my heart and my home. And I went straight to prayer. And I know this might be controversial with this topic and the movie and the everything else. But to me personally, what it did is it created a very clear line, my connection to direct the source and God. Because to me, it explained very deeply and straightforward. There is a battle between good and bad. There is a difference between the good energy and bad energy, between light and darkness. And as long as you're aware what you choose, you may know what the consequences are. And, and to me, what it did for me is it created a very direct and personal relationship with God. And I'm very grateful for that because without this challenging times of feeling, truly feeling the dark spirits around me, like it was heavy, it was present. It was, it was like omnipresent everywhere and um, only direct call to protection to God. It would rebuke it from my room and, and it left. And I'm, um, I'm respectful of all energies out there, but I want to connect with light. <laughs> That's what my choice is. All this light. <laughs> and we as human and we as creators, we are powerful creators. Don't forget that we all have that power within us to create things with our speech, with our words, with our actions, with our intention. So if you choose to, to concentrate on good, more good will come out of it. And I respect all people and all energies and entities, but choose the energy you align with properly, whatever will make best choices for yourself. Um, and yeah, that's what that's what it worked for me. And I'm, I'm really grateful because throughout, actually throughout making this movie was such a healing process for me. Because even though I, I removed that energy and um, I feel at peace and I feel good within my, I mean, I always face challenges. Don't think I'm, I have my own life and difficulties as every human does. But in the midst of the biggest chaos, I always find peace. And that peace is within me and that peace is with me. And it cannot be taken away. And even when I face difficulties that could potentially be big challenges, I remind myself Right here in my heart, it's all good as, le as long as I keep my own strength. Like an oak tree, you have to be anchored in your strength and know who you are as a human, who, where you come from, your source, have your path in life that you know who you are, that no outside forces or energy can waver you because you're strong within your own energy and your own power. And writing and directing this movie was such a 
powerful catalyst for me because I not only acknowledge this, the long journey that I've been through, but also it was such a healing process because I realized once again, my power, my strength as a human, as a creator, and to be able to share that message with the world that our choices is upon us. We can make choices every day. We're powerful to impact the world with our choices. So very wise words there. Great um, message. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you mentioned that the, the the creative process of the film was was also part of something that helped your anxiety and moving on with this. So you mentioned right at the start that you'd kept a lot of it to yourself. So do you feel like this, I know you said there's there's some extra bits that you've put in there, um, but do you feel like this was the, the coming out story or to friends and family about how you've grown up with these fears and these anxieties of, of your grandmother. Yes. And it's, it's kind of a, a secret and a pain that I've been hiding it. I've been hiding it. Yes. It's been kind of a, my way of sharing the pain, the wound that I've been hiding it all my life. And now that the world knows it's no longer a shame. That's the beautiful thing about sharing with something that hurts. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you um, encounter anybody who's been through a tragic event and if they find the strength to share that with you in a safe environment and share that with someone they trust, you will see that somehow they, they gain strength from that because it's no longer a hidden wound. You're okay to stand above it and to speak up and say, this happened to me, but I'm no longer captured by this event. And by sharing that with you and by inviting you in my life and sharing my story with you, I share to the world and to myself that I'm stronger than this and I overcome this because shame has no room in the same place of vulnerability. Being, being vulnerable, and that's what exactly I've done, I put my heart and my soul in this movie. And I've been the deepest part of me vulnerable. And even on set, when we would make the scenes that were so difficult and challenging, I had to share with my team and explain this is, this was real. This is not just some fiction story. Yes, there's a lot of it that's fiction, but a lot of it, it's strong, powerful, intense, truth so do you feel like you you unburdened a lot of this shame and uh, and do you feel sort of empowered enlightened uh, uh, more what's the correct word really um do you feel lighter yes for having unburdened a lot of this so, so it's almost like a th therapy it was me. and it's like a it's it is art is very therapeutic if you let it, um, that's why I think the hit movies and songs and paintings and drawings and art, it's you share a piece of your soul. And only when you completely let part of you be on that 
projects on that art piece, people will see it. And in that process, you kind of release this part of you that hurt, that part of you that burned. It's like, imagine like this huge stone that's like metal and it's heavy and you carry it in your soul from generation. It's heavy. And you just slowly unpack it and then you release it and realize that, oh my God, I'm so much lighter now. And it's so much better on the other side because it, that huge metal stone just became a butterfly and I'm okay with it. And you look at it from the other side of it and you're grateful. You're so, I'm so grateful for all the challenges and the hardships and the painful moments I've been through because on the other side, I can realize what a complex human I am as we all are. And, and pain is part of this journey. And as sad as it and hard it is for, for so many of us humans to go through such challenging moments. And I hear you and I feel you if you're going through a, a hard moment right now, but it's all part of this journey. We all agree to this on this earth to share this experience together and to let the pain to shape us, just feel like a sculptor uses this to chisel a sculpture. And that's what pain does for us. That's what love does for us. All these emotions, if we let it, but also recognize your own power and your own strength into creating your own story as well. I think it's it's about taking ownership, isn't it? Like you say, sort of hiding, letting the shame take over and affecting that way. Once you take ownership of something, it no longer has that power over you. I think like I said, to have the strength to be able to do that in the first place and then obviously that then lets you build as a person and then obviously helping other people on the way. You mentioned earlier about like, your family weren't too, let's say, too happy about you making the film and opening up these sort of old old stuff from the from the family have they seen the finished products and if so what's been their thoughts on it <laughs> so no my family have not seen the movie yet but they did see the trailer and i was very cautious when i showed them the trailer i was just home recently about a month ago and we we're all at dinner and i said okay family i mean they know about the journey they've been asking me about the details they know the the storyline and general lines um, and I said, we, you know, I want to show you the trailer. It's going to be out. It's going to be published soon. Then I want you all to see it. And I was at the edge of my seat, literally waiting to see everyone's faces and see what are the responses going to be. <laughs> and I was surprised. I was actually very supported because they saw the hard work that I put in it. And they see the part of where I am a creative. This is also my business. This is also my path and career is not just a passion project this is a lot of money and hard work that i put in this movie it's been three years in the making and if i don't absolutely love it i would have abandoned it long ago but this is my life creation a lifelong path and i'm dedicated to this to my filmmaking career so they supported me from that perspective that point of view like we see the work we see the quality in your movie this is no cheesy movie this is actual good quality movie they all said it they, they you know the trailer looks really good which i was so grateful to hear and then everyone individually said i'm glad that you found the strength in you 
to overcome that and come to this place to actually share the story. And we can't wait to see it. And um, I'm going to have to let them wait until the release of the movie to see <laughs> when I'm not around. <laughs> but no, I mean, they're, they're exciting and they're, they're very much supportive of it now. Um, it was just in the beginning was that shock. How dare you talk about this, about our family? But now they see it for what it is. It doesn't make or, or change who we are as human. You know, just because my grandmother chose differently in her life, her, her actions and her choices does not define me as a person just because we're blood related. I can respect and, and forgive her. But that does not reflect on me as a human. And that was my mistake to let her actions reflect on me. Because we think that if it's family related, if it's a parent or a sibling, that somehow that's our fault or it reflects on who we are as people and it doesn't. We can break that cycle. We can actually break the generational cycle that if certain family members showed up a certain way and you see those traits in yourself, then have the courage to acknowledge that, to have the awareness. If father or mother used to have certain, maybe there was um, some type of abuse or there is secrets or there's stuff that you see it in the family. And I'm not saying that that happens in my family. I'm just saying generally, um, if you see that pattern, be the, breaker of the cycle break that cycle change choose differently and it starts with awareness the start of awareness that well if my family did that i'm going to choose differently to awesome move the next generations some powerful stuff that you're <laughs> saying and I, I think it does resonate with a lot of people you do see Certainly in the UK as well, there's generations of people, their parents done a certain thing, so they're, they kind of feel like they're destined to do it, whether it's good or bad. Um, and then their, their children would do the same thing. But like you say, sometimes you just need to empower yourself and, and say, look, this is the line in the sand. I'm not, I'm choosing life. I'm not choosing that life. And um, art can do that for you. Art is yeah, such a beautiful. Um, it's like a fire. It burns and it purifies you. And you see it. If you don't show up with truth and honesty, and there's so many, like in the writing process, when I wrote the script, I forgot about everything in the world except that story. I lived it, breathed it, feel it. And I went down to Anna's, birth time when she was being born and her parents and what happened and so you by going so deep into understanding human kind and human connections and pain and what drives whoever because everybody in in the script and in the story has a reason and a purpose why they're in the story and every character in my stories have such a long backstory that i've read their uh in my writing process i've read their biography like 30 pages it can be sometimes it's just what ticks them what moves them and there's no such thing as and that's why i found the compassion and and, and the witch in the movie like 
What was the reason that she was haunting Anna so much and tormenting her and just destroying everything in her path? And yes, she's the bad guy, the witch in the movie. But when I spoke about this process and the character to the actor, Lorraine DeLuca, who she is portraying the witch, I made sure she doesn't hate her character. There is no such thing as hating a character. You have to understand the reason behind it. And I told her, I think, and I, I, I encourage her to create her own story behind her, but I encourage her to believe that the witch was trying to protect her granddaughter by destroying and killing everything around her. It was her way of protecting her so she can finally inherit this curse so she can be better protected, even though it's bad. You know, a parent can sometimes instill wrong things for you to do because they think that's the right thing to do. Like, no, you do have to go to business school because that's what I did or that's what I couldn't do. And I'm not saying that's a totally different correlation, but so to speak, the witch, the witch in her mind and her wicked mindset, <laughs> she thought that that's the path for her granddaughter and she tried to protect her. So in my writing process, I find the deepest pain of everybody included in the story. And through that process, I find my own healing. And that's what art does for you. It burns everything that's not authentic. And you face yourself and you realize that, wait a minute, maybe there is something I need to work on it personally. And then you expose that and you write about it and you share it. And you'd be amazed how many people connect with that because we're all human and we all have the same needs and the same fears and generally speaking. Um, and that's what art is supposed to do, to connect with people, to inspire them, to move them, to scare them, to terrify them. And more than anything, to take them on a journey that is different than reality that it takes you on a different world and you're so absorbed in it. And if everybody's doing their job from writing, directing, acting, producing, all departments does their job, then the main reason someone's watching a movie is to be so disconnected from reality that they're completely immersed in that story. And that's what an artist's job is to do, to completely immerse the audience in that movie where Nothing else matters. This is you and the story on your on that journey with the characters and you feel everyone's pain and desires and you hate them and love them and you are there with them throughout the journey. Wow. Your, your passion for it clearly uh, comes through. <laughs> is, is filmmaking something you've always wanted, wanted to do? So I've, I have been in love with film and acting and theater all my life since I was a little child. I remember I went on the field trip with my school to a theater and I watched this play and I was in, I was, my mouth must have been dropped open the whole time because I was just staring at that theater and that play and the actors just pour their heart on the, on the, on that play. And um, I walked away from it and I was thinking, what a beautiful thing to do to just, devote yourself to something so powerful that I felt 
everyone's story in that play. And I even went home and I went to my own school and we had a matinee for, for Christmas and I redid that play in my own different take and I made it a little funny and cute and, and I was so moved by that play and I was like, only people who are so blessed from this world can they really truly live and breathe art. I didn't even feel worthy of such a high, respectful magic. I can't even explain it. I was so in love with it and terrified of it. And I've always wanted to be in film or theater. And I didn't get to be bold about my choices or choose what I wanted to do until life faced me with the biggest challenge of my life when I was in a very emotional place. It was very difficult for me. I was questioning everything in my life. And um, this was about 12 years ago. And this was the moment when I asked, truly asked myself, Victoria, is there anything that you want to do in life that you're not doing? Why are you so deeply unhappy and unsatisfied? What is wrong? And I realized that I wasn't walking on the path that that was meant to be. And I asked myself, what is it that you would like to do? What is it that your heart desires? And it was film. It was the world of filmmaking. And I had no idea, no clue how to start, what to do, where to go, how, how even somebody gets into films. It, it always felt like such a dream and, and such a just only lucky people get to do what they love, right? That's what I felt. And then... I said, well, well, why don't I just try? You never know. Maybe I, maybe I might get lucky too. <laughs> and there's no such thing with luck. There is no lucky thing. It's a lot of hard work and dedication and persistence and showing up and faith. Have faith even on when all the odds are against you. Still show up for what you love and have a lot of perseverance in your, in your goal. So I uh, took a class. It was a Meisner class. It was like up in Michigan. It was a tiny little class. I remember I went to this um, teacher. It was her her living room. We were like six students. And I was so excited just to be in a room full of other people who want to create art and magic. And it started slow. I, I started to work on... Um, on um, student films and I was just asking everybody do you need help I will be your slate girl I'll be your production assistant I'll, I'll just volunteer I'll just be there to help because being on set on a film it's worth every moment of my life I'd rather be on film than be working at the bank I was working in banking back then and it was great money in banking but my happiness was zapped I had no satisfaction in doing mortgage banking for people and it was a big take it back because i do respect the process and i respect i did a lot of hard work and studying to be in that job but my purpose wasn't in it so i slowly <clears throat> excuse me i slowly embodied more my desire and my passion for film and i started to make my own short films i would put together a team and I'd hire the director of photography. And so I started to make short films. I will um, put together a team. And that, after 
about a dozen short films, I said, I'm ready to make a feature film. I'm ready to create a masterpiece and I'm going to dive in full in. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I didn't have a producer. I didn't have a budget. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the experience. I didn't even have the knowledge. What I did have was a strong desire in my heart, the dedication, the commitment, and the knowledge that I will show up for this no matter what. And I was, I encountered so many challenges. As soon as I announced I'm making a movie, the COVID-19 happened. The whole world shut down. Everybody I was talking to, they were like, uh, I, don't, I think it's the end of the world. What are you talking about? You want to make movies? Like, do you see what's happening out there? And it was hard to... It was hard to keep that faith and that hope that I can still make this movie, but I never wavered, right? When I talked about the being an oak tree and your knowledge and who you are, I knew I can do it, even though I had no idea how. I knew I'd figure it out. And I Googled every single question and I took so many classes on writing, on screenwriting, on directing, on filming, on producing, on budgeting, on marketing. I have so much knowledge that I think in, in the last three years, the knowledge I acquired on filmmaking, it's worth three PhD, you know, <laughs> because it's just so much out there. There's so much to filmmaking. It's not just the creative part. That's beautiful when you can show up and write and, and then go out there and make a movie. But my God, there was so much work in making a movie, the business part of it. The, the getting a deal of distribution, of making sure that you put your money on the screen, that you have all the departments, that your makeup is on point, that your locations are, that the set design, that the music, the sound, the color grading, everything, there's so much work and it never stops. Like you just, you. I sit in front of my computer and I work all day long and by five o'clock I realize I didn't eat today and I have to grab something real quick to get back to my calls and my meetings and my work to do so that I get as much done during the day so that at night I can do the creative parts where it's quiet and nobody's around and I can just dive into that world of magic. Um, but yes, it was very challenging for me. And I knew that I knew it wouldn't be easy, but everything that's worth fighting for it's going to come with challenges. It's kind of like the world and the universe says, well, I want to see you really want this. Do you really want this? I'm going to throw so many challenges at you. Oh, the, a world pandemic is not enough. Well, let's see if uh, I'm going to change here and I'm going to make some people in the team not show up or that this thing happens. So there were a lot of things that were happening that unforeseen. You didn't, you didn't expect that. You can't plan for it. And when it happens, you have to have a smile on your face and said, okay, bring it on. I'm going to put on my hat as a director, my hat as a producer, as a filmmaker, as a business person, because every moment on set costs a lot of money. <clears throat> you, cannot, you, cannot, you cannot waste moments on set. You have to think, how can I change the script so fast, so quick to accommodate today's challenges with the actors I have on set, with the team I have on set, and still not cut away from the quality and the story of the movie. 
there are so many things that happen, like uh, weather. We had a big storm coming through one of our big scenes, and we only had the location that day, that afternoon. And the storm came in, and everything on the tables and the set design that took hours to do, it, it just literally blew in the air. It was like a storm of balloons. And, and I thought, I told my director of photography, and I said, just roll the cameras. Just keep on rolling. Let everybody run. And I even told everybody, everybody grab your stuff and run in the house. Go inside for safety reason. You cannot have anybody on set. Once there is rain or thunder, you have to. So I said, just roll the camera. Let, let the, just capture some of this footage. And we did. And we had to change things around and the set and the script. But you know what happened? By embracing that challenge, it actually looks better on set, on the movie. Because... It looks like everything is against Anna. Even her own birthday party cannot be celebrated. Even the nature, Mother Nature, just breaks everything and just destroys everything. And you have to embrace that. You have to embrace the challenges that a movie set will present to you. And life, as a filmmaker, as an art person, as a creator, you'll always have challenges. The biggest challenge, I think, as a creator is your own doubt, your self-doubt. Because you think you're not good enough. You think you're not worthy. Your story doesn't matter. Your voice is not powerful enough. But who are you not to share your story? There's always room for more stories and powerful stories. And show up even when you don't know what you're doing with trembling hands, with shaking voice. Show up and speak up and share your story and tell stories. Because it's our duty to be storytellers. I did something else that uh, piqued my interest was the production team on the movie is made up um, of the majority of them are women. So how did that come about? Um, and do you think the movie make, I mean, I don't really know the industry at all. I won't lie. Um, is it a very heavily male dominated environment? It is, and I think we need to encourage and inspire more women to show up and tell stories, both yeah. in front and behind the camera. I have encouraged, I have so many women in my set that were their first time gig ever in a film, and they came to me and they said, I will be honest, I don't have experience, but I have the desire, and I will show up. And I said, I, I trust you. I have faith in you. I know we can do it together. We'll get this done. And they showed up because they knew the dedication, the commitment, the sacrifices we all made to make this movie. And now they went on to make so many more movies and make a CV and have a resume on filmmaking. And they come to me awesome. in Victoria uh, because you believed in me and hired me to be in this department or this department, I am now able to work on different productions and it's now my day-to-day -day job. Uh, some of them actually became SAG after or DGA approved and, and they're doing this like their, their passion, their work, their careers. And that to me is so powerful and so rewarding that if I was able to move one person and inspire one person to go and tell your story and create something that makes you happy, 
then I've done part of my job as a human on this earth. And I've had many of the actresses on my movie that created their own projects. They came to me and said, Victoria, I, will, I looked at you and I see that you did it and I went there and I did it myself and I'm so happy about it. I'm so inspired. Like, you can do it and I'm here if you need any help, any advice, any I'm here for you, but you can do it on your own. Like you're powerful and strong and smart and powerful to create your own story because women have so many powerful stories to be told. And we have to encourage, we have to provide a platform. It is my lifelong commitment, dedication, and desire to create a path for more women in the film industry or art industry and to inspire them and to help them understand that they have so much power and strength in their hearts to give to this world and create powerful stories. And I want to start young teenagers and just let them believe in themselves. Like it's another part of my goal is to create actual communities where I inspire teenager women, because I think that's the time when so many, I have my niece who she's living here with me for the summer and she's 16 and, and it breaks my heart to see how much doubt she has in her heart sometimes. And, and I want to scream from the mountains to tell her you're so beautiful and you're powerful and you're you're an, a true angel and and I do tell her that every day and I want her to believe it but it takes so much time because she sees the social media and she compares herself to the the standards of beauty out there that it's not real and I want her to, and she's so talented like she's a she's an illustrator she's illustrating children's book and she's so talented and and I just want her to believe that and keep on keeping on of her art and keeping on believing herself because women are the the foundation of the world we all come from a woman and as long as we support empower and give them a room to grow they will create a home they will create a place of safety and love for everyone amazing so Air the Witch is due out in a couple of weeks. How does it feel to, so it's your film, it's your story, it's your years of emotion and hard work and perseverance. It's going to finally be hitting that publish button available for the world to see. How does that feel? So ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> it's been so much work. And that's another thing I want to encourage all storytellers just make sure you love the story and you're truly dedicated to it um, because it's going to be a long time of dedication and work and endless nights and days in the studio and editing and tweaking and sound editing and coming back with more edits. And then you think you're done and completed and then you go to the distributor and then they come with quality report of all these things needs to be changed. And it's just a never ending process. Truly. It's so much work that finally to be here, it feels like, oh, I've, I've had three years of, of darkness, nighttime, and it's finally the sun is going to come out one day and I'm going to see it and I can't wait for the world to see it. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful journey. Don't take me wrong. It's been a, a very beautiful and exciting and rewarding journey that I'm so grateful and I'll do it again in a heartbeat. There's just a lot of work and you have to be ready and prepared for it. 
and it's not a joke like it's truly hard work and as long as you are you know what to sign up for then i know in my next movie i know where i need to spend my most time into it and how to attack the project next that it's faster and more impactful um but now the movie that's going to come out air of the witch on august 4th on all platforms it's going to be on itunes on amazon on all platforms just search air of the witch and i can't wait for the world to actually see it and feel it and tell me their opinions and feedback and i'm open to all feedback please reach out to me you can either come on the website airofthewitch.com or on my instagram air of the witch or actually my personal instagram it's victoria underscore filmmaker reach out to me i want to hear your thoughts as a as a film lover as a human as a creative as a director or just generally i want to connect with you and hear your thoughts and i'm so so ready for this movie to be out it's finally like this little baby i've been i've been raising a home for the last three years and it's I think it's perfect. I think it's a it's a beautiful child, but I want to know what the world thinks, you know. And I'm ready for the world to either praise it or chop it down and say, "Oh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take it." To, I don't know. It's it's the audience choice, and it's the right to have their own feedback and thoughts on it. So far, all the feedback I've gotten, it's really really good. Um, but I understand there's all kinds of opinions and thoughts out there and I want to hear it all and I'm open to it. You know, it's not on my, it's not my business and not my job to worry how the audience will receive it. My job is to put my whole heart and soul into a movie and release it. And then after that, it's the audience job to do what they wish with it. And as long as I show up and I do the best I can, I know I've done the best I can. And I can't wait to to hear the world's thoughts and ideas on, on this uh, masterpiece that we all worked so hard to put together. Amazing. So that's Air the Witch out on August 4th across, like you say, all streaming platforms. Thank you, Victoria Bell, so much for coming on telling your story. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on everything you've done. And I wish you every success in the films being released. And I can't wait to watch it as well. Thank you for having me here and thank you for uh, your time and uh, providing a platform for indie filmmakers. It's always so hard as an indie filmmaker to to just have that keep on going belief and, and, and when things are really all the challenges stacked up against you, it's, it's hard to keep on going, but it's so rewarding <clears throat> at the end, excuse me, at the end when you see it's done and I completed and we did it. The whole team... My Air of the Witch family is so excited and it's done. It's out there and I can't wait for the world to see it. So thank you all for, for providing this, uh, this space for us to talk about it and to share with the world how it all came about. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.